This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Wednesday, the 30th of June. In your Sport Today, emotional scenes at Wimbledon, England advance in the Euros, AFL teams are on the move, and a lifelong dream is fulfilled. This is your Sport Today. Gabs, those night hours out there had plenty to watch overnight, with Wimbledon well underway, and while most of us were sleeping, Ash Barty advanced, Roger Federer avoided a huge upset, and Serena Williams is out injured. It's all happening, Gabs. It is. Moments before we started recording this morning, Serena Williams was forced to retire at three all in the first set, Sam. Serena went down on her right leg and left the court in tears to a standing ovation. Serena had already pulled out of the Olympics, and at 39, let's hope that's not the last we see of her at Wimbledon. There were tears earlier as Barty beat Carlos Suarez Navarro in three sets. It was just the second match back for Suarez Navarro after beating cancer and she was given a standing ovation as she left centre court where there was not a dry eye in the house. Emotional scenes for sure, Gabs. On the men's side, Roger Federer was lucky to advance with one of the biggest upsets in Wimbledon history on the cards. France's Adrian Manorino slipped and injured his knee just two games away from victory in the fourth set. Federer battled back to win the fourth set before Manorino retired one game into the fifth. And you know what makes it even tougher for the Frenchman? It was his 33rd birthday. Nick Kyrgios is playing as we speak, but Alex Dimonor's tournament is over. The top-ranked Aussie knocked out in the first round. Those two will feature later this month at the Olympics, Gabs. Yep. Yesterday, Kyrgios was named in Australia's tennis team for the Tokyo Olympics alongside Ash Barty, Alex Dimonor and Sam Stosa, who is competing in her fifth Olympics. The team of 11 players is the largest ever sent by Australia, and with big names like Serena, Rafael Nadal and Simona Halep out of the games, it could mean gold for the Aussies. Gab's English football fans might have bleary eyes this morning after England defeated Germany to advance to the quarterfinals of the Euros. It's been the catch cry of their fans for years. But is it actually coming home this time? Well, one betting company certainly thinks so. Paying out on England to win the tournament even before this morning's 2-0 win over Germany. Now, Sam, the Germans dominated possession and had more shots than their rivals, but Gareth Southgate's men won where it mattered with two second-half goals enough to book their place in the final eight for the first time since 2012. Raheem Sterling opened the scoring in the 75th minute, before skipper Harry Kane silenced his critics and netted his first goal of the tournament nine minutes later to seal the result. It looked like 1966 all over again when England famously beat West Germany in the World Cup final at Wembley, but Sam, the job isn't done yet. No, that's right. England will next face the winner of the Sweden-Ukraine match in the quarterfinals. Now, Gabs, we don't want to rain on England's parade, but today's trivia question is who did England lose to in the round of 16 at the 2016 Euros? This was a pretty big upset, wasn't it? Massive, massive, massive. Stay tuned for the answer. Last year, Aussie rules teams were fleeing Victoria to escape the coronavirus, but Gabs, now it's the other way around. 
with interstate clubs flying into Melbourne so the season can continue amid the pandemic. Yeah, so this comes after the Queensland and Western Australia governments enforced short lockdowns as the COVID-19 virus circulates. Yesterday, the Brisbane Lions, Gold Coast Suns, Fremantle Dockers and West Coast Eagles made a quick dash to Melbourne to join the relocated Swans and Giants, leaving only the Adelaide clubs outside of Victoria. Thursday night's match between the Suns and Tigers has already been moved from the Gold Coast to Marvel Stadium. The Lions are hoping to fly in and fly out of Adelaide for their clash against the Crows on Saturday, and the Frio-Carlton game will likely be played in Launceston with Geelong as the backup. Now, at this stage, Sam, we don't know how long the interstate clubs will be staying, but I hope they brought their winter clothes. It is going to be cold and wet in Melbourne this week. Tell you where it's not cold and wet, Gavs, and that's Townsville, where a group of Australian Olympic swimmers have been deemed low-risk contacts after visiting Magnetic Island the same day as a COVID-positive person. Mac Horton, Maddie Wilson and Kyle Chalmers are among the swimmers who will now travel to Cairns with the rest of the Olympic team but remain separated as certain parts of Queensland, including Magnetic Island, have entered a snap three-day lockdown. Fortunately, all 35 members of Australia's swim team are fully vaccinated. A quick one on rugby league, Gabs, and those who follow the code closely will know all about controversial player Israel Folau, Yesterday was clear to resume his rugby league career in Australia. Yep, he's back and could be on the field as soon as this weekend. The delay came because Queensland Rugby League wouldn't actually register Falau until his Super League club, the Catalan Dragons, released him from his contract in France. But yesterday, Falau was released, allowing the QRL to register him with the Southport Tigers in the Gold Coast Com and avoid a potential legal battle. It's a fairly handy signing for the Tigers. Falau has represented Australia in both Rugby League and Rugby Union, but he hasn't played league since 2010. He's had quite a career in 11 years since his last game with the Steeden. Falau has played in the AFL Super Rugby and for the Wallabies, but his union career came to an end in 2019 and controversial social media posts led to Rugby Australia sacking him. But now he's back and the Tigers will be hoping he helps them move up from second last on the table. Gabs, we move to cricket and news that the game's governing body has settled on new venues for the Men's T20 World Cup, scheduled to start in October this year. That's right, Fez. With confirmation overnight from the ICC that the tournament has been shifted to the United Arab Emirates and Oman. The World Cup was meant to be played in India, but the ongoing coronavirus concerns over there, which saw the Indian Premier League postponed earlier in the year, forced organisers to move the tournament. The upcoming event will be the first men's T20 World Cup played since 2016, Sam. But do you remember who played in that final? Uh, I sure do, Martin. I was there. The West Indies beat England in a dramatic fashion. Remember the name, Carlos Brathwaite. Uh, As you said, The World Cup is set to start on October 17 with the final to be played on November 14. Gabs, what's the longest you've waited for something you really, really wanted? Uh, The six to eight minutes for the water to boil for pasta is probably the worst time in my life. Okay, well, try 60 years (laughs) because that's how long Yankees fan Gwen Goldman waited to fulfil her dream. Fez, this is a great story. So back in 1961, when she was aged 10, Gwen wrote a letter to the Yankees applying to be a bat girl, but was knocked back, told that a young lady would feel out of place in the dugout. Well, 
Gwen's granddaughter, Abby, emailed the Yankees exactly 60 years later, and yesterday her dreams came true. Gwen was decked out in full Yankees kit, met the players, and threw the ceremonial first pitch. How good is that? That's so good, Gabs. Uh, Gwen said it was the thrill of a lifetime times a million. It's a lovely story, and we've included a link in the episode notes so you can get all the details. Catch this time, Gabs, where we tell you about the stuff that caught our eye or is coming up, and it's all you today, Gabs. Fez, I'm heading back to France, where Mark Cavendish claimed his first stage win in five years to move within three stage wins of the all-time Tour de France record held by Belgian great Eddie Merckx. Now, earlier, riders stopped the race at the start of the fourth stage to protest what they considered to be dangerous riding conditions after a number of crashes marred the opening days. But Sam, what really caught my eye was pre-race favourite Primoz Roglic, who posted a picture on Instagram where he has more bandages than a mummy after a heavy fall on day three. I have absolutely no idea how he is still in the race. Do you? I have no idea, Gabs, and I have no idea how he's still racing with all those bandages. We've put a link for that Instagram post in the episode notes. And, Gabs, we're going to finish with our trivia question. Uh, who knocked out England the 2016 Euros? It was Iceland, 2-1. Big, big upset. And I think that's kind of where the Viking clap was born. Uh, that's all from us today. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Tomorrow.